Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield. This is a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Chad Jarvis. And how you doing, Chad? I am a little congested, so I apologize on this episode if I see I'm even more like COVID, COVID, Kevin Gage. <laughs> we how started, are you, Noah? We started immediately with the poor Kevin Gage impressions. <laughs> Oh, SUTV this weekend at its best, baby. SUTV at its best. Oh, my. Don't even get me started. How poor was that? For those of you who don't listen to any of the other podcasts, weren't aware of what happened during our game against Barnsley on Saturday, we missed out on a good portion of the game. I want to say like a good 10 minutes, the feed was down. And I was going to talk about this later, but we're going to jump into it right now because... As Chad and I have said multiple times on this podcast, we we pay pretty good money yearly. We we pay the yearly rate for SUTV, and for them to lose out like ten minutes, I think it was between like what the fiftieth and the sixtieth minute, basically. Yeah, it, it was actually where we had a good run of form in the game too, and it's just like oh crapped out, and then apparently Kevin Gage was in the the. I don't know. I guess he stares at the TV like we stare at the TV. So when they lost picture, they couldn't turn around and look at the game. Be like, hey, you know, the game's going on ahead of, or right out in front of us. We're just going to stare at a, a blank screen. And be like, oh, yeah, I guess he uh, made a tackle there. I mean, it's just, yeah. a, sh- it's just a, a shame for the amount of money we put, pay. We don't get near enough, like, good quality. Yeah. Glitching the whole time. I don't know if your stream was glitching. My, oh. Yeah, and him and I think Matthew Young is the is the other match commentator, correct? I think so, yeah. Yeah, uh, they, like obviously they're in the media box, okay? But the media box like only gets a quarter of the view uh, of the pitch, and they, they just couldn't see. They couldn't see what was going on. So they couldn't even give us what like a description of what was going on in the game. It was so frustrating. And then like I was scrambling trying to find like a um, – how do I put this Yar matey stream uh, in order to maybe pick up the red button? But I think it was the red button uh, feed that went out as well, right? Yeah, well, I, I heard the guys on the Tufty Club talk about it. They were able to pick up the red button, but they they wanted to go back and listen to Kevin Gage talk about, like, summarize the game with little pictures. And I was, <laughs> I'm just like, what kind of shambolic deal is this man we we definitely got to work the kinks out this has got to be a trial run they they've got to improve this for next year and please have the match commentators go to the match if it's away from bramble lane please have them go to the way match because it's just you you basically uh, i can just sit there in silence and watch the game i don't need them to tell me what's going on when they're watching at bramble lane instead of being at whatever away ground we're playing at it just to me it just doesn't make any sense i guess i guess because it's still you know at the start of the season the covid measures and all that stuff but i think that's pretty much all gone away over there so hopefully the start of next season we can maybe get the away you know atmosphere yeah i think that would be nice and i i mean they still they still i mean we're what 30 38 games in at this point they still have not sorted out the audio yeah i can't hear the atmosphere at the lane and i mean i we went what two a year and a half a year and a half listening to games with 
without an atmosphere, watching the games without an atmosphere, and even with fans in the grounds, we're still not hearing anybody. It's just, I mean, look, you can say what you want about the the atmosphere on a twelve forty five kickoff on on a Saturday. I mean, it's usually not as great as the three p.m. kickoffs or even the late fixture on a Saturday if there is one, but. By the same token, I mean, SUTV is not helping. I want to no. hear the singing. I, w- I want to hear our supporters singing. No, I, I mean, I'm really considering, like, honestly, just finding different streams for next year. But, you know, you have the reliability of always knowing that the game's going to be on. Do I just turn the volume down and just pipe in BBC Sheffield or something different just to just to make it better? Just, yeah. just to make it worth the money you pay. Yeah. I think what do we pay at the beginning of the season? Like three hundred dollars, three hundred and fifty dollars for the entire stream. Wasn't it like a hundred and something dollars a piece? So like right in there's around like three hundred, three hundred and fifty dollars for for a stream. It, yeah, I th- I think if I recall correctly, it was like one twenty five. So it was like it was like two hundred and fifty US basically. Yeah, that, that, that was paid. nuts. Which you know, I mean, look. Uh, granted, if you break it down by game, that's obviously a lot more. You get a deal by by not doing it piecemeal, basically. But at the yeah. same time, at the same time, Chad, I feel like at least a le- ten or eleven of our games so far have been on ESPN Plus, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we only are getting when the season comes to a close about. 32 to 35 games on on SUTV. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Just be better. That's that's all I have to say, SUTV. Just be better. Plain and simple, pure and simple. Just be better. Anyway, man. <laughs> now that we've you know gone on that tangent here, let me digress a little bit. And um good win. I, I thought it was a good win on Saturday. I, I thought the first half was overall not great. I, I thought that there was only really one side in that first half, and that was actually Barnsley. I thought that they played a much better first half than we did. And, I mean, they had the best chance of the half, first and foremost. And I, we just couldn't get anything going in the attacking third. Yeah, I mean, I I have to agree with you. I, I thought we were pretty poor as, you know, we were talking before we started recording. We can tell who's making the tweets from the Twitter account when I go on there and just say the whole team basically sucked, and that was the worst first half I've seen probably all year. But I don't know. It was like we were almost sleepwalking. We couldn't do anything. We couldn't go forward. We tried those oh, Morgan Gibbs white passes, and they never linked up with anything. And it's just like it was so frustrating. And then Barnsley has that chance, but you never really thought they were going to have a chance. Like, we were good enough to not let them score, albeit they're going to have their few chances in a game. That's how uh, that's how a game always, you know, pans out. But thank God we did whatever in the second half to get those two goals because I at halftime I thought this was going to be 0-0, and I was like, why did I get up so early for this <laughs> to watch this – as I told you before we recorded, I went to bed at three, around three o'clock Friday night and had to wake up and watch it. And I was like, I watched that first half. I was like, yep, I should have just went. I should have just stayed in bed. Should have just stayed. Chad, I have no sympathy for you whatsoever. 
I got up. I got up at five o'clock in order. To I've gotten up <sighs> at four o'clock on several occasions, and I'll be getting up at least two times more this season at four o'clock to watch matches. So, <sighs> forgive me if I'm playing a little tiny violin for you there, waking up at se- at se- at seven o'clock in order to watch the game, or seven thirty in order to to watch the games, because that's what I do every single Saturday. I don't. I don't know how you do it. I don't. At some point, I don't know how you did do it. I love this club, man. I, I've said it many times. I spend an inordinate amount of my free time thinking about this club. It, yeah. I, I remember, I think it was like 10 years ago, I like read a statistic or something that said, and I don't know if it was like an, obj- you know, an objective like poll or what have you, if it was a scholarly poll, but it said that Sheffield United supporters think about their club on average once every 10 minutes, which is, is really nuts. And I'll be honest with you. I think it's more for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. That's a crazy stat though. That is a crazy stat. I'll have to go back and try and find it. And then I'll, we'll tweet it out from, from our account if I can go back and find it. But yeah, I think we had, they said like, and that, that's how they registered passion at the time, we had the most passionate supporters of any club in the EFL. So, I take cool. you know you can take that with a grain of salt. A, it was ten years ago, and B, you know I'm not sure it was exactly a scholarly poll that was conducted. But at the same time, it also doesn't surprise me. I feel like we do have a large portion of just absolutely ravenous supporters. Agreed. Rabid supporters. That's rabid supporters. Yeah. That's that's the word. That's the word. Thanks. You know, it's only my first language. Anyway, so let's get right into our review of this game here. First chance of the game came for Barnsley as Bassey in the sixth minute crossed the ball to Carlton Morris, who headed the ball, but it is caught by clean sheet. Wes, easy save. More good keeping from Wes as a ball was put through into the area looking for Morris, but Wes got to it first. He comes out, snatches the ball before it can get to Morris's feet. Again, what else can we say? West Fodderingham now has the most clean sheets in the championship, and he's only been play he's only played how many games this season? Like I think at this point, what, 30 games? Maybe le- a little bit less, or probably a lot less. He's probably only pay- played like 26 or 27 games this season. I was gonna say, I think he's probably about 25 games, but it's just incredible what he's done. I mean, we re- re- honestly we looked at him. Okay, he's played 27 games this year. Right on. 27 games. At the beginning of the season, we were like, uh, what is this guy going to do? Thank you. Thank God Robin Olsen's coming in. You know, we don't really have anybody to push Robin Olsen for his spot. You know, this dude, Wes, we don't know anything about him. He looked doesn't look comfortable in goal. All of a sudden, heck, he gives him a chance. Boom. Night and day. Clean sheet, left and right. Clean sheet, left and right. Clean sheet, left and right. It's like, it is nuts, man. He's playing out of his mind. Yeah. And I, I, I think it helps a lot. You know, granted, probably over, what, the last month, we have we haven't had a 100% back line because injuries chop and change. But before that, Christmas time, you know, December, January, most of those months, we had a solid back line, and that's what helps, that continuity between your back line. And I think what's helped him a lot, too, is Egan's been back there. Out of everybody in the back line, Egan's been there from day one. I think yeah. Egan's played every game this season. So that, you know, 
talking a lot with Egan and Wes builds a relationship and they know how to talk and how know how to work with each other. And, you know, you have the lights like Kyron Gordon coming in there. Jackie Longthrow's been in there. He's been a staple over the last, what, two or three months. So they're building continuity with those two. And Wes back there, you know, we had that revolving door. Hopefully Bash comes back, and then we make it even better. And I like our chances to keep even more clean sheets. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just think about how good this team would be if we were fully healthy. If we had our full complement of players at our disposal and don't have to chuck, you know, kids who've never seen a minute of senior football, like, onto the bench and just pray that our our starting 11 can – not get injured in a game. I this two week break, I, this international break here. I mean, I think it's going to do wonders for us. Every single time after an international break this season, we've come back and we've been even better, even better than we were going into the international break. So, I mean, fingers crossed, knock on wood, like that that is going to be the case when we come back in a couple weeks time here. Honestly, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, we got the likes of RNDs going out, Santa Berg's going out. You know, let's just, you know, Hecky should have been like, hey, they, they're dealing with little niggling injuries. We're going to keep them back here and we're going to rest them up for, you know, a couple weeks for our, we got a big, massive run in. But, you know, nowadays that doesn't happen anymore. So I, you know, I'm knocking on wood right now that none of the players we set on international duty get hurt. So, Let's, let's just say a little prayer and hopefully they come back good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially Badgay, who is playing some of the best football of his career, and especially yep. with United. Yeah. Getting back into it here, 14th minute, Barnsley threatened again as Gomez, after getting a pass from Bassey, took a shot from outside the box that missed to the right. And then some really good play on the left-hand side. Norrington Davies and Horahan exchanged passes before Horahan floated in a cross that was, it was easily caught by uh, by Barnsley keeper Collins, but um, the interplay between Norrington Davies and Horahan was good there. You know who I thought had a really good game, Chad? And I, it's going to come as no surprise to you. Norwood, of course, right? Yeah, I mean. So, continue to be solid in this game. And yeah. in the 19th minute, he showed his defensive quality is on the counter. Um, he put in a, a great tackle on Morris after a good first tackle from Egan. And Morris was in like, and if he could have pulled it back and had a shot, but Norwood like flew in with a slide tackle, put it out for the corner. Uh, I mean, that was like one of the, I, I, you know, we commented earlier that you don't hear a lot uh, as far as the, the crowd is concerned on SUTV, but that one came through loud and clear. I, it was a loud pop, to use a yeah. wrestling term there. Yeah. And then on that ensuing corner, it was taken by Bassey, and he took it short to Styles, who passed to Keener, who put in a cross that found Helic, who headed it to Matthew Wolf, who put in a good shot on frame. And let me just say, was that was that one of the saves of the season from West there on that yeah. shot? By, by, yeah, by I Wolf? mean, yeah. It was his point blank range, man. I mean, any any further to his what right, and that he slots at home, and you know it. They take the lead, and, and we're all shocked. But yeah, good save by Wes. Good yeah. standing pat on his line, and boom, just right there, point blank reaction, split second reactions, perfect. 
And I think Wolf had already like pulled away to celebrate the goal before Wes saved it. Yeah, I think he did too, yeah. Anyway, it was cleared out, but only as far as Bassey, who took a shot that was nowhere close. 27th minute, Osborne on the right-hand side, putting a ball in, looking for Billy Sharp, who couldn't get a good head on it. It was cleared out by Barnsley defender, but only as far as Norwood, who put in a pass to Robinson, 22 yards out, who absolutely smashes the ball on the ground, but it misses just wide. It was a good shot, and it missed by like a matter of like a foot or so. I mean, a, a foot to the left, and that's in. It's in the back of the net. Yeah, but at this point in the, the first half, you know, this is one of those the shot goes wide, and you're just like, this is how today is going to go. You are not going to score a goal. You know, we're just going to have all these chances. They're going to start to build, and then we're going to squander them all, and it's going to end up nil nil. I was happy your cynical takes uh, didn't make it into reality, Chad, in that second. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. On the attack, Morgan Gibbs-White got on the ball, but a back pass from a Barnsley player that almost went awry as Collins booted it off of Horahan, but the pressure was good there. 37th minute, United win a free kick about 30 yards away from goal. Norwood pings one into the box. The law firm gets ahead on it, but it's easily caught by Collins. And I mean, that was the, really the best attacking period for the Blades in that half. 37th until about the like 42nd minute right there. Some good attacking play, but that was really the only even half chance that we had. 43rd minute on the counterattack, Bassey attacking down the middle, put in a nice through ball for Wolf, who <clears throat> took a touch, and then a shot that missed to the left. I think Robinson cut down the angle on that play, and that's what caused Wolf to put it like not on frame and put it into the side netting there. What did, what did you think about Robinson's game in this in this one, Chad? I didn't think he played bad. You know, we've got like a bunch of players that put in good shifts. And are just like okay. They they're not they don't do anything spectacular. They just get the job done. They bring the lunch pail to work every day and put in a shift and do a good job. Yeah. And that's what Robinson did. You know, it was a serviceable effort. And that's all he we've needed him to do. We don't need him to do anything fancy. We see what he what happens when he tries to be fancy. What was that? Uh, a couple of games ago. Against Yeah, that was against Coventry. Wasn't he the one that missed the header that led to the first goal or maybe one of their seven goals they had? He, he overjumped the header and the yeah. ball went behind him and fell to the, or the, the offensive player and he, he just scored. So just be good. You don't have to try and go out there and be a world beater every single time. Yeah, I, and I mean, by and large... In the last couple of months, that's that's what Robinson's done. He's put in serviceable shifts, little mistakes here and there. But you know, we didn't we didn't lose that Coventry game because of that one mistake. We lost because they yeah. were clearly the better team, and we were outmatched and just utterly exhausted from accumulation of fixtures. So towards the end of the half, there, Berge got on the ball, given away by Barnsley, about twenty seven yards from goal. He slipped a ball for Osborne on his right who looked to be in for a moment, but he slowed his dribble, got around a defender before taking a shot that was high and just wide. I mean, I think it was actually was on his favored left foot, but I don't think it was comfortable for him down the right-hand side. And that, and that kind of play right there is where you'd like to have someone who's right-footed down the right-hand side. 
I mean, we really hope that Balduck can get healthy. And then I don't know. I mean, I, to me, Osborne shouldn't come out of this side. I don't think Norrington Davies has played terrible, but I think when Balduck comes back and is feeling comfortable, maybe you do slot Osborne onto the left there. Yeah. I don't know. The one good thing is if these players come back, that means they're challenging for roles. So Hecky has something to think about because we have more players. Unlike now where we've got children on the bench, we know who the starting 11 are. You know, obviously this weekend we saw more people on the bench, Fleck and McBurney and whatnot. But, yeah, the more players we get healthier for the running is going to be a lot better for us because it's I mean you got eight games and probably another what at least two and then a playoff final so what's that you got 11 more games left in this year if you go all the way yeah need the bodies gotta have them gotta have them back and like we said earlier hopefully this international break is one of healing for you know the majority of players that have the ability to come back this season and if they're not able to be slotted right into our game uh, against Stoke in, in a couple weeks here that, you know, they make it back either the following game against QPR or against Bournemouth following that. So that was halftime. And I mean, you tweeted out that you didn't think it was a great half. I, I'm i inclined to agree a little bit with you. The highlights didn't really show how inept I thought we were at times in the first half. And, you know, I think we looked second best for a good portion of it. I thought they were good on the counterattack. They they just lulled us in and then just hit us on the break. And we were lucky that we didn't concede on the break. Yep. Uh, my thoughts were pretty boring half. Uh, I, I forgot who I said sucked, but yeah, I only put three players, but I, I thought the majority of the side were pretty bad. I mean, the only bright spot was the West save to keep it nil nil other than that. I just think, I didn't think we really did anything. Like you said, we, we had the possession and we went and we were attacking, but we just never got anything. It was like, man, Barnsley cannot be this hard to break down. We've, we've got, we are way better than this side. And look, the second half was, was reflective of that. But with that being said, the second half started and Barnsley were again on the front foot for the first few minutes of that that second half. 49th minute, Remy Vita put in a cross that Bassey got on, but it was blocked out for a corner by Robinson. And I think there were some shouts for a handball on Robinson, but nothing was given. And then on the corner, it felt it fell to uh, Quinya. Is that how you pronounce his name? I cannot remember how his yeah. name is pronounced. Uh, yeah, I don't remember that either, yeah. He, yeah, he took a shot, and that was also blocked, put out for another corner, and then we lost our feed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. This is this is where it drops off. It's like uh, gameplay, gameplay. Oh, there goes the feed. There go. Yep, there goes the feed. What a shambles! What a shambles! Uh, we've lost the feed. I don't know what we do here. Well, here's a tackle by. Let's see, Callum Britton, and he's he fouled, and then Norrington Davis has a free kick, but I don't know who I'm not looking at anything. Your guess is as good as mine. Well, I think that was your best, Kevin Gage, but it was also bad. So, I mean, at least you're getting better. You're, you're, <laughs> yes. You're, 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 you're consistently poor, but at least you're getting a little bit better. Exactly. I try. I try. I hope that we don't get hit with a cease and desist from Tufty Club, man. Cause <laughs> you're. <laughs> You're stealing their shtick, man. I know. They're good. Those guys are going to hate me. 
<laughs> All in good fun. Anyway, 54th minute and then and then we went a free kick down the left-hand side of the pitch that was quickly taken by Norwood to Hurahan, who put in a brilliant cross that finds a wide open Sander Badgay who just tap tap taparoo to give it a little tappy in and uh <laughs> Gordon almost put a tackle on Badgay but nevertheless it's one nil to the blades at that point something really kind of from nothing and out of nowhere and at that point, I like I felt that we grew into the game and we got more confident after the goal. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a good goal, and that's what his second tap in in as many games. Yeah. Am, am I right? Yeah, I mean, point blank range. At least he's not McGoldrick-ing it over the bar. But, yeah, like you said, the goal was totally against the run of play, you know. I mean, it, it but, I mean, that's what good thing, good teams do. They make something out of nothing, and that's what we did there, and we took the lead. And then – that's kind of when I, after the goal went in and, you know, the few minutes after, I kind of felt like we had the game right there. We had the three points. I didn't think we were going to throw it away because we were defending so well. But, you know, you never know in this league. It's the most topsy-turvy league in the world. So, but it was a good, it was a good goal. And I'm glad Berger is finally getting on form for us. And it, I like that he's scoring. I just hope he doesn't go to Norway and just not do anything or he loses confidence comes back and he's awful for us for the running yeah that's yeah. why i'm so scared about this international break is you got players that are on form for us right now and then they go for like better part of two weeks and come back and then their form's awful i are norway even in the contention for the world cup still no i think it's just friendlies i think all Honestly, I think all this stuff right now, this international break, are all friendlies. I don't even think they play the playoff games for the the World Cup until the summertime. I don't think they play that until June. Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah, they've got a a game against Slovakia and a game against Armenia. So two nothing games. I mean, he might see some minutes. We'll see. Uh, This Friday is that first game that'll be of maybe a little bit interest. Maybe, maybe. I won't have time to watch it, unfortunately. It's 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I am definitively going to be working at that point. But anyway, 58th minute, Barnsley won a free kick. It was taken by Bassey. It's headed by Anderson and out of play. 65th minute, Billy Sharp goes down with an apparent hamstring injury. And like we've said before, aren't we glad that we don't have any league games for you know the better part of two weeks as we need the skipper to be healthy and fit for that final push of the season. Heck, he said in his post-game press conference that he, he felt it coming and he just kind of gave up, and that's when he said, just sub me off. So hopefully he caught it early to where he's only sidelined maybe through the international break and he's ready to go come against Stoke. But, man, if we lose him, whew, the air is going to be let out of our balloon. I, I feel like if you have – if you feel an – injury coming on rather than like a quick sharp injury like where it happens in an instant and you feel excruciating pain and you're just like i'm fucked i'm done for the season uh like you know that i mean i think that the first situation is better than the the second obviously definitely i think it goes without saying actually another corner this season where we conceded a quick counter 
with Vita going down the right wing, but Norrington Davies played a great bit of defense to slow him without fouling. Vito somehow finds Britain, who puts in a low cross that's eventually put out of play. 70th minute, Morgan Gibbs-White drives to the goal line. He put in a great cross over the top at the edge of the box for an open Osborne who takes a hard touch, I think, off of his chest before getting on it and taking a shot that goes way high and out of play. And you have to feel that if he gets a better first touch on that, it's a good chance, if not a goal. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously it was it was just an attempt, but it, it wasn't a goal. But you could feel us getting going for the second goal. You know, once we got that first one, like I said earlier, you could just feel we wanted a second one to put the game to bed. Yeah. 71st minute, Ollie McBurney comes on and replaces Sander Badgay. And I just want to take a brief respite here from doing our minute by minute because we need to address, I think, the elephant in the room here which is the supporters booing Ollie McBurney. And I wanted to get your take on that, Chad. I just don't think it's respectable. I mean, I would never, never, never boo a player in the red and white. Why would anybody do that? I understand he hasn't had the great, greatest run of form. I understand that. I guess he hasn't scored goals like he did at his, his other teams. But there's no reason to boo him. He hasn't done anything to the fans. He's he's trying to go out there and work his ass off and, you know, play as much as he can. He hasn't had as many minutes, A, because he's fallen, fallen down the pecking order. And, you know, it's, it's hard for him to get back up to the top, you know, because there's so many people in front of him. So I understand when he comes on, he doesn't do very much, but there's no reason to, to boo him. Yeah, that's just disrespect. That's just pure disrespect, you know? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you there, Chad. I, I did think it was disrespectful. You know, obviously, neither of us have been to a game live, but I have been to many football games here in the States, and you never boo an individual player. Yeah, you can boo a side off the pitch when they put in an overall poor performance, but I think to boo an individual player, especially when he's being subbed on, he hasn't done anything to this point. Yeah, you know? And lo and behold, he shut the haters up. You know, he did. He did, he did. his job. He did his job. He had good hold up play. And I mean, he he came in and was annoying, which is what he does. You know, he's a little pest. I mean, yeah. he's not little, but he's a pest. And he gets his minutes where he needs to come into a game and help kill a game off. And I mean, not only did he do that, he contributed to the, the goal that we're going to talk about in a second here. So yep. I think that hopefully pretty much shut the haters up hopefully 73rd minute great play down the wing from united mcburney got it to hurahan who played a through ball for jebison he got to it and then norrington davies continuing his run got a pass from jebison he carried it to the goal line norrington davies and then floated in a cross that morgan gibbs white got ahead to he got it on frame but it's just tipped over by collins good good play and you know, the only thing that was missing was the finish in that yeah, moment. 100%. I mean, uh, you know, I thought that was going to be a goal there, but oh, just tipped it over the bar. And then we come to our second goal, 76 minute. Morgan Gibbs White picks the ball up after an errant Barnsley pass. He starts the other way. He finds McBurney. McBurney takes, 
arguably one of the funniest touches I've I've seen, like especially leading to an assist. He almost falls over himself, but still manages to get a through ball for the law firm Morgan Gibbs White, who takes it around the keeper and puts the ball into the back of the net. 2 0 to the Blades, and that was pretty much game set match. And then we killed I, off the rest of the game. Go ahead. I mean, it, McBurney's assist looked like he was trying to kick a bowling ball. It looked like the ball weighed like 40 pounds, and you could see like he was over the top of the ball and he was just trying to dig it out, and he couldn't. And then he finally got it to the law firm and he just he finished it. And I was like, Oh man, such a relief to get that second goal to go in. Whew, thank yeah. God. Yeah. No, I mean that that was the moment where I obviously I knew that we we weren't going to be giving it up then. I mean, Barnsley it, were just toothless in that in that second part of that second half. The the other thing did when when he rounded the keeper, did you think he was going to miss? I thought uh, he did at, at 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 for a split second when he took the ball. When the ball got to him and the keeper was right there and he went to go around him, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to miss this. I said I was yelling, shoot, from the minute he dribbled around him. I was like, shoot, and thank God it went in. Yeah. Yeah, I I didn't think he was going to miss because professional football players very rarely miss when the keeper is beat like that, and he just had the composure to just put the ball in the back of the net. Mm Mm-hmm. 86th minute, Daniel Jebison, after a corner, got on the ball. He got it to Ben Osborne, who took a shot from the left-hand side of the box that went over. Reese Norrington-Davies took a shot in the 87th minute after getting a pass from Osborne. And, I mean, really, you know, Barnsley had, like, a couple of a couple of chances from, from Carlton Morris. But that was really, that was really it. I think Wes had a save, at the, like, near the death on Devontae Cole, but... Really, that was it. Good three points, much needed three points. Back in a playoff position that we've been kind of yo-yoing, like where we'll get into a playoff position, then we'll we'll have a draw or a loss that puts us out of it. But that's really what it is. All the teams in and around those playoff positions have been on at least decent form. And like, like you were saying before we started this podcast, Chad, I mean, it would be nice to win out. That would certainly put us uh, guaranteed into a playoff position, if not challenging for automatics. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think, like we said, we need to get 14 points out of the next 24. So we can give away 10 points maximum um, and still make the playoffs. But we have a tough run of it. We're playing, I think, no less than five top you know, 10 teams in the, in the last, uh, yeah. whatever, eight games of the season. Yeah. We got, we got QPR twice, Bournemouth, Fulham. I mean, but we do have plenty of win- winnable games. That's like, you know, I, I was talking to you before we started recording, you know, we, we play Stoke that's winnable QPR at home at Bramall lane is, is winnable. The Bournemouth one is, you know, up in the air. They're going to be pushing hard for that second promotion spot. Then you have the likes of Reading, Bristol City, Cardiff, QPR away, and Fulham will be on the beach. I might be crazy, and and I doubt this will happen, but I I think after whatever that Bournemouth result is, we possibly could go the last, what, five games of the season? We could probably win all those. I mean, because those are winnable games, because you got to think, Fulham will be on the beach. 
Reading will be fighting for relegation. Bristol City will be on the beach because they don't have anything to play with. Cardiff, the same thing. You know, if if QPR's form keeps up, they're they're going in the wrong direction. They could be they could be mid table by then. Anyway, so you know, there's no reason why we we might only lose one or two of these games the rest of the season. You know, yeah, yeah. I think two games lost I, against I, I I'm going to say QPR away probably and maybe Bournemouth. Like those two games, I think you know we we could conceivably lose those games or not not pick up all three points in those games and still do well enough to to get fifth or or sixth in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, but if we put a run together, the whole thing is, is how many bodies do we get back for the after international break? If we get healthy and we get some bodies back and start firing again, we could be very dangerous to get even like the highest highest like third or fourth. You never yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Improve our seating for the, the playoffs, which we all know that that really doesn't matter where you're seated. No, no. It's just basically win win two games and you're in, basically. Yep. yep. So who was your man of the match in, in this game against uh Barnsley and our Derby here? Man, that's a t- Ooh, that's a tough one. I think I'm gonna go with I don't think I've gave him a, a man of the match this year. I think I'm going to go with Wes. I think he deserves it. He's just being un- unbelievable, you know. He's doing what we asked of him. You know, it seemed like when we brought Robin Rolfson in at the beginning of the season, oh, Sweden's number one, blah, 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 this great goalkeeper, and he sucked. Ever since Wes has taken over, yeah, he's had a couple of blips. You can't blame the Coventry game on him because yeah. the back line just got gashed. So there, he was just helpless. Other than that, he hasn't had too many blips. You know, he's played. He's played serviceable. He's been good. So man of the match for me, Wes. Three oh. point Wes. Clean sheet, Wes. League one, Wes. Add whatever you want. I like it. I like it. Obviously, you know our supporters gave it to Kyron Gordon, who, again, he he does all the little things where you don't really notice it in the game but when he does when he doesn't put a foot wrong but another solid shift from gordon who is going to be some player for us someday i mean he's 18 years old it's crazy he's he's another one a part of the youth movement man the youth movement at united is strong they're really strong absolutely absolutely i'm gonna go ahead and by the way, Kyron Gordon's 19 years old. <laughs> oh, 19. Well, yeah. close enough. Close enough. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give it to Norwood. There you I mean, go. He, he had the wherewithal to take that quick free kick, play in Horahan, who put in a great cross. I mean, you could give it to Horahan as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it, the whole thing is, is like, I, I feel like we're gelling at the right time. And just with the the... We've been so stricken with injuries. Like we were talking earlier, could you imagine where we would be if everybody was healthy? We'd be probably pushing for second right now. Probably. And to, and to not only think where we'd be with Hecky if we had Hecky in charge from the beginning of the season. You know how many players we probably wouldn't have bought? We probably wouldn't have brought in Robin Olsen. We probably wouldn't have done. I mean, now granted, Hurahan showed up and, and the law firm showed up. We wouldn't have brought in grandpa. We would have been on our way. You know, 
I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but hell, we could probably be winning this league because Fulham's not exactly blowing the doors off anybody anymore. I think they've pegged it back a little bit. But, I mean, yeah, they're still winning, but, I mean, they're not winning 7-1, 6-2 like they were doing earlier in the season. Oh, it's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we've mentioned this several times on the podcast to this point, and just imagine, like you were saying, Chad, where we would be if we had just kept Hecky on, not brought in Big Slav. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a little break ourselves over the next week or so we're going to come back we'll do a stoke preview and then we'll push on you know with the with the fixtures piling up there we'll probably try to get at least one podcast out per week obviously we thank you for continuing to listen and for continuing to support this podcast if you haven't done so to this point please give us a follow on social media you can follow us at red sheffield on twitter and then at the red half of sheffield on facebook if you're listening to this podcast on apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a five-star review and leave a little comment you know tell us how you think we're doing good bad indifferent and chad where can the people find you on social media they can find me at blades in the usa on facebook and twitter and you can follow me personally on twitter and instagram at c jarvis underscore 13 and you can follow me noah snyder at sunpuck on Instagram, and then at Nestman930 on Twitter. Until our next podcast in which we preview the upcoming fixture against Stoke, we'll be doing that probably towards the end of next week. Up the blades, Chad. Up the blades. Come on, you red and white wizards. 